This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. And that music can only mean one thing. We are here for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So, Derek, you live in Florida. (laughs) I do. How are you guys preparing for the uh, oncoming onslaught that is Hurricane Irma? There's a hurricane in Florida? I've never heard about it. I I, I haven't heard a thing. (laughs) No, I, I haven't seen a thing on Facebook. I haven't seen a thing on the Weather Channel, anything like that. No, I, I don't know what well, you're talking luck, about. Lucky for us, we live in the northwest portion of Florida, which is basically around the Alabama border. Yeah. So we're not really going to get that much from it. If we get anything, it's going to be just some decent wind and a little bit of rain. So. Um, it, our plan as of right now is we're we're not going to evacuate unless things like drastically change. But yeah. I don't think it's really going to be that big of a storm once it gets close to this area. So yeah, I think I, it's all in all, be, I'm not too concerned with it. I think it's supposed to be tropical storm by the time it it gets up there because once it skirts the entire west coast of Florida, it's supposed to lose a lot of its strength. So. Hopefully, it'll uh, dissipate rather quickly, and I'm hoping, because we just got a really nice cool front the last couple of days. Oh, it was so nice. And that's what pretty much saved us from this thing, is there's like this big, uh, they call it a trough, and I don't know what that means, but all I know is is that uh, a cold front swept in, and that's what caused um, Hurricane Irma to curve and turn north. So I'm hoping the same thing happens. That that cold front keeps moving out into the Atlantic and keeps that other hurricane and makes it turn north as well and just let it go off into northern Atlantic waters and dissipate. Yeah, it's a big storm. Yeah. For those, you should look at the Weather Channel and it's a really, really big storm. Somebody did a side-by-side comparison of Hurricane Andrew that I think hit uh, so. Some time ago, I can't remember the exact time frame, but it just dwarfs Mm -hmm. Hurricane Andrew. This thing is big, but (laughs) luckily it it shouldn't be too bad here. I know we we had planned to evacuate. I mean, we bought, you know, cases of water, um, food, uh, filled up like three gas cans in case we did have to evacuate or that we just needed it whenever we came back home. Yeah, but. Thanks to our, our friend, Mr. Coldfront, it uh, yeah. <laughs> it looks like at least we'll be okay in our air. But people who live in, you know, Miami, Tampa, my heart goes out to them because oh, yeah. hurricanes are not fun. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, you guys, and, you know, that you have to go through all this. I mean, basically all of, you know, the the dangly part of Florida, which is the main the part. Peninsula. Just, the peninsula is just... Oh my God, you guys just getting pummeled. And, you know, for you ones that stayed, like, Godspeed. (laughs) I hope you guys are okay. Yeah, for sure. 
but hopefully we can provide a little bit of entertainment and take people's minds off all the crap that's going on in Florida. You know, people are still recovering in Houston. Uh, that that whole ordeal. I don't think we mentioned last week, but that yeah. ordeal is crazy as well. Yeah, I have a I have some peeps that live over in Texas, man, and it's it was not good. So let's just hope that you know. I don't want to get political, but let's just say you know all the stuff that's happening. We've got Houston underwater. We've got California on fire. We've got storm after storm heading towards us. It's almost as if the climate is changing yeah oh my goodness. maybe <laughs> we do something about it <laughs> well let's not let's not maybe get so. into that um <laughs> let's go ahead and, and uh well what were you gonna say oh no i was just gonna say yeah that, that is interesting but you know we'll we'll hop right into the news and get uh get people's minds off all the crazy stuff that's going on well, let's see what's going on this week in the world of retro gaming <laughs> Resident Evil arrives on the Mega Drive, and this comes to us from RetroGamer.net. A team of Russian homebrew coders known as PSCD has recently whipped up something a little bit special. A proof-of-concept demo showing how Resident Evil could work on the Mega Drive. Uh, the game uses an isometric perspective rather than trying to recreate the pre-rendered scenes of the PlayStation original and mixes familiar elements from the first game with unusual things like the presence of Claire Redfield, the heroine of Resident Evil 2. Uh, the uh, project was launched less than eight weeks ago. The team has drawn all new graphics and has implemented movement within and between rooms, inventory management, dialogue system with very basic combat. However, it's still a very small demo. Uh, to play the demo yourself, visit the release page and to download a ROM. And that link is actually in the article at RetroGamer.net. I'm not going to lie. I would play this in a heartbeat. Oh, I would too. This but, looks so awesome. <laughs> but do you want to know why I would play this in a heartbeat? Why? Because it looks less scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean... I, it might have some jump scares in it. You never know. I mean, it, it is very, uh, it's very, like, I'd say probably 16-bit looking. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a game that would be on the SNES. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's, you know, that's why this is kind of right up my alley. Like, I would definitely play something like this. So we'll keep an eye on this and uh, keep people apprised of its, um, uh, of its, uh, moving forward and uh, see what happens with it. And if yeah, for sure. There, I, I'd love to play this as well. If anybody out there is actually going to uh, get the demo, uh, let us know what you think about it. And uh, just email us or you can get a hold of us. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of us is probably Twitter. So just yeah. let us know what you think about it if you actually got to play this thing. For sure. This comes to us from usatoday.com. SNES Classic the retro gaming console's coolest feature. In June, Nintendo revealed it would launch a Super NES Classic, a miniature version of its Super Nintendo Entertainment System, fresh off the very popular and difficult-to-find NES Classic retro gaming console. Ahead of its launch on September 29th, we have discovered the device's coolest feature. Nintendo announced Tuesday it will include a rewind option on the SNES Classic, which will allow players to rewind during portions of a game. For example, a player might want to rewind to a master 
to master a difficult section or to pick up that special in-game item he or she missed. And it will be based on when you last pause the game and games will be able to save up to four suspend points. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because but do you, don't you feel like that's kind of a cheat? <laughs> it is. It is. But I also think, you know, there's been there's been times where I've wanted to get some type of item from a game and I just either overlook it or forget about it. And I'm like, well, crap, I can't go back and get it. <laughs> and so I, I think, you know, having that option at least is is a cool thing because Games like 16-bit games, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but the difficulty is like it's harder than modern games to me. Oh, yeah, by far. Like one one example I can remember is during uh, in the game Super Mario RPG, there are hidden treasure chests that you can find. You have to literally jump up in designated spots and they'll appear. Well, there's one that's in the Mushroom Kingdom castle you literally have one shot to get it. You have to jump on a moving toad's head and then jump to a, like a hidden balcony and then you jump up and see the treasure chest. But if you don't get it in that one shot, then then you don't get it. So little little things like that, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's a good idea. I, I mean, I like it. I, I really do want to get my hands on an SNES classic. But like I said, I'm not going to break my neck to try to get one. But if I run across one, I will get it. And I will love this feature because trust me, there's a lot of games on the Super Nintendo that I would love to have a rewind or even a save feature. Like that's that's the thing that really got me about the S the NES classic was being able to save your games. Like, mm -hmm. You know, the Nintendo I have, I want to save a game. I got to leave that bastard plugged in, you know, and on yeah. <laughs> and hope that there's not a yeah. power outage. But that's how we yeah, did fingers it back crossed, in the day, right? kids. That's how we old old bastards did it. We just had to leave our <laughs> console running. <laughs> well, it's funny. When I was playing through Earthworm Jim to get prepped for the review, I had to leave my SNES on for days yeah. <laughs> because if you turn it off, you have to start back from the beginning, of and that course. game's already hard enough. Oh, I know. God, I could... Like, oh, that's just... <laughs> I, I really wish they would just... You know, instead of doing SNES Classic, why don't they re-release the old Super Nintendos? Why don't they yeah. just make another run of those, but put in these features so that we can still play our old games, but be able to pause them and save them? Like, ugh, I'd love that, man. Like, we should work for Nintendo. That's what we should do. We should be coming up with cool stuff like that. Uh, if only. <sighs> if only. On that note, let's go ahead and move into our This Month in Video Game History. Uh, let me get up to the Google Doc, which I closed out. Okay, here we go. Uh, in 1982, September 24th, Namco releases Pole Position, one of the first games with stereophonic and quadraphonic sound, featuring a pseudo-3D third-person rear-view perspective. It becomes the most popular racing game of all time. Uh, you know, Pole Position is just one of those games that, like, you know, I think everybody over the age of probably, I'd say, 25 has played pole position at one time in their life. Yeah, I remember playing this game when I was really, really young. Like the memory of it's really vague, but I do remember it. I, I remembered seeing video of this game on YouTube as well. Mm. You know, just look looking up classic games and finding this. It's the the. 
the arcade flyer looks really cool too. Is I like yeah. the, you know, the racing flag behind all the letters and just the little confetti and everything. It looks really cool. I would love to find like an just if I ever ever become a millionaire, I'm probably not going to be a millionaire for very long <laughs> because all I'm gonna do is go and buy old arcade cabinets and build myself an arcade. That's that's my main mission in life is to one day make enough money to make myself an actual arcade. And then you could have the Nerd Cave Retro Arcade. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Think about it. You have the perfect name for it. Yeah, the Nerd Cave Retrocade. Uh, that's awesome. That's got to happen. Yes. But also in September of 1982, Sega releases Maze Game Pingo, starring quote-unquote a cute penguin. <laughs> I have never heard of this game before. But I like the flyer. I, I don't know what it is, but I have this odd fascination with penguins, which I think everybody likes penguins to an extent. Doesn't this remind you of the penguin from the uh, the Bugs Bunny cartoons? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> uh, that, I love that cartoon. Yeah. If anybody out I, there remembers Bugs Bunny now. <laughs> no lie, a couple of weeks ago I had a Saturday morning off. And we looked up like old Saturday morning cartoons like Looney Tunes. They, I mean, they're on YouTube. Oh, you can find like, on, you know, um, they're on Amazon now. If you have Amazon Prime, they've got old okay. cartoon collections that you can just. Play oh, cool. All these old cartoons. It's awesome. Very cool. Let's see. It was an arcade game developed by Coraline and published by Sega in 1982. The player controls Pingo, a red penguin that resides in the Antarctic. It takes place in an overhead maze made of ice blocks while you fight the trolling blob-like snow bees. Uh, there, there's no, there's no uh, pictures of gameplay, so I, I have no idea what this game looks like. I've know. never heard of this before. You know what? I have heard of this because they were talking about this on the uh, the video game we the video game years, which is actually also on Amazon Prime right now, which is a very, very good series you need to watch. Um, but they talk about this. Uh, it's one of the. It was on the Sega Mega Drive. That's where I. Oh, heard cool. This. Yeah, yeah. It shows. They actually show some gameplay from it. But yes, please go watch the video game years on Amazon Prime. It, it, it's awesome. Uh, on September twelfth of nineteen eighty six, Hudson Soft releases Adventure Island. Oh my God, I loved Adventure Island for the Nintendo. I, I, if I could come across this 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 is one of my must-haves for the nes i've heard of this game i've never played it but i know i know of it i know it's it's quite popular yeah it was actually a port of a different game uh let me look it up here see if i can find it real true because they i think it was yeah it was this game but it was something else and then they actually had to change the the main character to uh to higgins Master Higgins. Um, I was going to see. Let's see. Uh, it doesn't really say in here. May, or maybe I'm thinking. Uh, oh, Adventure Island began development as a direct port of the Sega arcade game Wonder Boy. The rights to which Hudson Soft obtained from developer Escape, uh, now known as West, Westone Bit Entertainment. During the development of the port, the decision was made to change the character design of the protagonist modeling him and naming him after Hudson Soft's spokesman Takahashi Meijin in the Western version of Adventure Island. Uh, the character was renamed Master Higgins. 
So yeah, interesting. This, this game is a great platformer. If you've never played it, I highly, highly recommend it for the NES. It's one that I definitely want to play. Like I said, I I've heard of it, but never had the opportunity to play it. But yeah. maybe one day. Uh, let's see. It's September twentieth, nineteen eighty six. Sega releases the Outrun Racing Game. Never heard of it. Uh, I've played this a few times. Yep, I'm looking at the cons, the the actual arcade cabinet. I have played this numerous times, and I remembered this. Uh, yeah, Outrun. Which I think it was just the one where you were basically uh, uh, you were playing a you were driving a Ferrari Testarossa Spider. Um, was it the one that you were? Where you had you were driving and you had your girlfriend right next to you. I think that was it. Outrun. That sounds familiar. So that that might be it. But uh, most racing games I have played because <laughs> I like racing games, which kind of fits in with tonight's theme uh, for F Zero. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Outrun's a really good. Um, that that was a definitely a uh, a staple of the uh, the arcades when I was a kid. Nice. Uh, in September 26, Konami releases Okumajo Dracula for the Famicom Disk System, the first game in the Castlevania series. I did not know that it was called that before it was turned into Castlevania, which actually, I've been playing a lot of Castlevania lately, and I don't know if you saw my tweet really late Friday night, but I wrote to, uh, to the original um, programmers of the Medusa Heads in Castlevania for the NES, F you seriously. <laughs> and <laughs> I put a gif of Adam Sandler um, flipping off the camera. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, in September of 1986, Apple releases the final computer in the Apple II line, the Apple II GS. This was 1986. Um, yes, I, I, I remember we had these computers in our computer class when I was a kid, and I have distinct memories of playing Oregon Trail every day in our computer class. Well, in exactly five days from when we're recording this, it will be 30 years old. Wow. I'm old, man. I, nothing, you know, this doing this show lately has just reminded me of how old I really am, and I don't know if it's good for my mental health. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, in 1992, September 1st, Domark releases Championship Manager for the Amiga and Atari ST. And this did not come with a link, so I do not know what this is at all. Yeah, I, I've never heard of it either. And, and also, I haven't heard of this next thing. On September 24th, 1992, SNK releases Art of Fighting for the Arcades. Uh, I know SNK was a, a really big publisher back when, you know, when I was younger, but I don't remember this game at all. Uh, doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I don't either. But, uh, well, on that note, let's go ahead and move into our talking about books for this week before we go into our review. Yeah, so for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, I haven't really had a chance to read too much this week. Uh, I know I've been kind of listening to uh, Superpowered by Drew Hayes, who I got to interview on my podcast a few weeks ago. Um, so hoping now that uh, – I didn't mention this at the top of the show, but baseball season's finally over. 
So I will have time to actually uh, read books and do other things. So I uh, hope to keep people updated on that. Um, I did also download the new, um, I think it came out at the beginning of the month, the new uh, Star Wars Leia book mm, that, awesome. that I'm excited for. Also, uh, Phasma is out. So I want to l- listen to that as well, hopefully before The Last Jedi comes out. So you're going to be seeing a lot more Star Wars books come out because there's one called, I think, The Legends of Luke Skywalker that comes out at the end of October to finally fill in the gaps of stuff that he's been doing between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Because literally in every book I've read, it's always he's off doing Jedi things. Yeah. <laughs> they're so, keeping that stuff close to the vest, man. I, I hope they're hiding good stuff from us. Yeah, I'm thinking that's going to be a big part of the movie is, you know, what he's been doing and and why he's in exile. But there's a lot of stuff to look forward to on Audible if you're a Star Wars fan. But to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. And this week we're going to be talking about... to do but this week i'm going to be talking about f-zero and f-zero is a futuristic racing video game developed by nintendo ead and published by nintendo for the snes uh released in japan on november 21st 1990 in north america in august 1991 and in europe in 1992 it is the first game in the f-zero series uh, was one of the two launch titles for the SNES in Japan, but was accompanied by additional initial titles in North America and Europe. It was released for the Virtual Console service on the Wii in late 2006, the Wii U in early 2013, and on the new Nintendo 3DS in early 2016. It is planned to be re-released on the Super NES Classic Edition also. Um, I still remember the first time I got this game. Um... It was Christmas of 1991, and I knew my parents were going to get me the Super Nintendo because that's all I asked for for that year. Um, And we used to go to my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve and open presents there for the extended family, and then we would go and open presents from like my parents and stuff on actual Christmas morning. So the night before, on Christmas Eve, I got F-Zero from my grandparents. So then at that point, I knew I was getting a Super Nintendo from my parents this morning. And I begged my parents to let me (laughs) open up the Super Nintendo the night before. Of course, they wouldn't let me. And I had to wait till the next morning. So that was a very, very long, sleepless Christmas Christmas (laughs) Eve waiting to open my Super Nintendo the next morning. Um, And completely worth it. And I honestly, I think F-Zero is probably the first game I played. And I, I don't really remember because I did get that year. I got F Zero, Final Fight, and of course uh, the pack in game was Super Mario World. And mm-hmm. I think F Zero was probably the first title I I, I put into the machine, and uh, immediately fell in love with it. Um, and this game really does. It's there's a lot of stuff missing from this game that you kind of expect from 
racing racers especially on you know like from nintendo like you could tell this is definitely kind of like the uh the prototype for what was to come after like um you know uh Mar um, mario kart and things of that mm -hmm. nature because it's basically it's a glorified tech demo is what it is it shows off the mode seven um and as far as the the trials go you have three different trials in the game you have knight uh queen and king league and of course within those you have beginner uh normal and expert i i still can't do expert <laughs> i had to last couple of weeks i've been playing it on easy and let me tell you it's still a challenge even on easy um and each each um uh each mode <clears throat> each uh you know um what do they call it um each one the night each league has five different maps uh it's a mute city and then the each one each one each map has uh one two and three throughout the the different circuits um like you've got mute city you've got a map called silence and uh there's one there's uh what was the very last map called that was just a, i call it map son of a bitch um, it's called like fire, <laughs> fire, something like fire lake or something in that nature. That map is a beast, man. Like I, I still can't even on easy. I can't get first place, like third place every time, every time <laughs> I can't get first place on it. But uh, each um, and it also so this something that that hadn't really been done before, because, you, you know, before this. The only games you really had that were this type of racing were, um, you know, you had Rad Racer, uh, and of course you had like Outrun and all that kind of stuff for the Sega. But <clears throat> you really didn't have anything where each vehicle kind of had its own um, set of abilities. Like you don't really have things like you do have a, a power up in the game where um, it's a speed boost, basically. But each car, each hover car kind of has their own uh, abilities like. You've got the yellow car, which is very light and very fast, but it doesn't corner well. Like it's very hard to control. You've got the green car, which uh, uh, it's it's kind of, the green car and the blue car are kind of the same. They're very slow to take off, but <clears throat> they can take a lot of damage. And then the the pink car is very is is kind of your more like it would be more like the Mario car. It's kind of the you know it's very uh, like even on everything it's very balanced but um and it also if i don't if, if i remember correctly i think the game actually came it didn't really have doesn't have anything as far as like a story mode or anything like that to tell you about the different racers but it did come with a comic book in the actual box which kind of gives you just a little kind of you know it gives you a little something about you know the different uh racers like the guys who actually control the cars which i really right. you know i think that kind of came in in the later games like i've never played any of the later games i don't know if you have derek and that might have come into play later but as far as this game goes it's just straight racing there's really nothing else to it a funny story i've actually never played the original f-zero really I think you're going to be really? pleasantly surprised when you get your uh, SNES Classic. Now, I have played a couple of the later games, uh, and I I just remembered this, but 
there was actually in the early 2000s there was an F Zero cartoon. Really, I don't it was an anime that. called F Zero GP Legend. Um, I didn't watch, but like maybe a, a few episodes, but it, I didn't really care for it because it was like Captain Falcon wasn't like the main character. He was more like you know, a legend. And then every now and then he would show up to save the day when he would absolutely be needed. Yeah. But still the, and I played, um, the first F zero game I played was F zero GX for the GameCube, And it was ridiculously hard. Yeah. But the, 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 the look and everything was kind of cool. Like when you were driving really fast, it was almost like you were on a roller coaster. Yeah. And there was also, um, around that same time, there was an F-Zero in the arcade called F-Zero AX, where you actually had um, the the arcade setup looked like Captain Falcon's blue car. Really? So that was, so that was kind of cool. That's my favorite car to play in the game. Uh, every time I play it, ever since I was a kid, I found that Captain Falcon, that was my car. Every time it was slow to take off, but he can take a lot of damage and he takes corners really well. And you just have to learn how to, you know, use the bumpers and learn when to let off the gas. And if you're taking a corner just right and then you hit the gas again, he'll just take off straight, you know, and you can outrun everybody that way. Um, and I was trying to look up the track names because I was trying to remember them, but there's Deathwind, uh, which is, I call that son of a bitch too. Uh, there's Port Town. Red Canyon and uh, I don't see oh Mute City and then uh, it goes there's like three different Mute Cities but yeah Deathwind I hate those tracks oh my god you're trying to get through those tracks you're being pushed around by wind uh, it's awful <laughs> sounds like it I actually in our Skype chat I just posted oh, a I photo of what the setup looked like for I the never, arcade. I never got to play that, but that looks awesome, and that is going in the Nerd Nerd Cave Retrocade. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> F-Zero GX and AX were fun. I, I do hate that I didn't get to experience F-Zero when it first came out, but my, my first racing game experience was Mario Kart, and it was mostly because it had the Mario name attached to it. But yeah. I'd always heard of <clears throat> F-Zero but never got the chance to play it. But really my first introduction to the F-Zero series was Captain Falcon being a character in Super Smash Brothers. And he has been since the first game. And he's, it's funny because he's always portrayed as like the douchebag of yeah. the Super Smash Brothers crew. <laughs> but I, I don't know what that means as far as like comparing his personality in the games. Cause like you said, there, there's not really that much story. And I don't remember there being really any story from the GameCube version either. Uh, well, here's I could the, be wrong because it, it has I haven't played it in such a long time. Well, it says here, but uh, as far as the it says, um, the game introduced the first set of F-Zero racers, Captain Falcon, Dr. Stewart, Pico and Samurai Goro. IGN claimed Captain Falcon was thrust into the limelight in this game since he was the star character. An eight page comic was included in its, in its SNES manual that carried the reader through one of Captain Falcon's bounty missions. I remember that. I wish I still had that. I don't know what I did with it. Well, I don't know if you remember, but also around that time, uh, Nintendo did do comic stories based on some of their characters. Oh, like yeah. in Nintendo Power, they had a Power Super Mario Mesmer. World comic, Metroid, Zelda. Oh. 
you know, I wish they had this F Zero one in there too. I really wish that uh, that Nintendo would have allowed the uh, the Nintendo Power issues to stay online. That was uploaded to uh, the Internet Archive. Yeah, and you know that would have gone a long way with Nintendo kind of you know smoothing things over with people. But you know if you're uh, you know if you're not going to allow us to do things like that then why don't you uh you know why don't you uh do those things for us you know i don't see what it hurts to leave the issues online it's not like they're making the magazine anymore anyway yeah exactly just put it online i mean how how is it gonna hurt yeah i i don't get it yeah, I really not, don't get it, but I, I don't either. It, listeners should look up those comment books because they're very interesting. If I can find them next week, I'll break out my because they released hard copies of the Mario and Zelda ones. I'll see if I have them with me. They might still be at my parents' house, but I'll break those out and I'll sh- actually show them on air next week. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I talked about the tracks. Um, and like I said, there's really not much I can really talk about as far as, you know, gameplay. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you just, you go through the different circuits and you, you have the, you know, you have, uh, let's see, it did say that there was another, um, different tracks. Uh, there's beginner standard expert and master. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever tried master in my entire life. Cause this game is pretty tough. Like I said, there's really no kind of power ups or uh, to speak of. There's no like missiles or, you know, no oil slicks or anything fun like that. It's just a, a futuristic racing game, and it it does make use of the mode seven <clears throat> really well. And like I said, it's really all it is just a glorified tech demo to get to things like Mario Kart. And yeah, in, in my you know, in in my opinion. I mean, it. I don't know if anybody would play this now that's never played it, or you know, and and look at it as fondly as I do, because I think you know nostalgia does <laughs> fudge a lot of things. Yeah, but I think this is just infinitely replayable. I mean, this game is so fun. The music's great. Got it's got some of the best music for the NES. Um, let me look at the who was the composer was uh, Yamiko Kenki, Kanki, and Naoto Ishida, and I don't know what else they did. I would click on their names, but they're not highlighted, so I can't look and see what else they did. Um, but yeah, the music's great. The controls are really tight. You know, depending on which car you pick, uh, it just takes a little getting used to of how each car, you know, drives and uh, handles differently. Um, you know, and, and you do have your, you know, each car will explode if you take too much damage. But like I said, there, there's, you know, there's no power ups, but you do get the uh, like these things where you kind of go over and this ship comes over you and uh, repowers your car back up to to your your energy level. And if your energy level gets too low, your car explodes. But you also have a point system in the game, so you can get extra lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, you get you gain points by, you know, uh, you know, going past somebody or, you know, 
like I don't really know how the points work exactly. It's just kind of they just kind of go up and you get, you know, like the faster you do your laps, you get more points and you get extra extra cars, you know, or extra uh, hover hover cars to go through the game. And other than that, I mean, there's not really much to it other than just it's a really good racing game. And if you've never played it I and you own a Super Nintendo, I think it's definitely one of the must-haves for the Nintendo because it does show off what the, the Super Nintendo could do early on. You know, it was a launch title. Um, and, you know, launch titles aren't exactly have ever really been known for, you know, being groundbreaking games. But this is one of those that, you know, this was the kind of racing game that we'd never really seen on a home console before. So, you know, I definitely, if I give it a, a number uh, out of 10, I'm going to give it, a, it's a solid seven. You know, I really wish that they would have put in more things like, you know, power-ups and things of that nature to kind of, because if you get somebody on your, you can, you see like when you're driving and someone's getting close behind you, there's really nothing you can do about it other than try to just block them. You know, you, yeah. you can't put out like oil slicks or anything to kind of stop people from behind you. You just have, it's all about skill and trying to be, you know, number one um, when you finish the race. So other than that, you know, I love this game. I give it a solid seven. Uh, it should definitely be in your uh, Super Nintendo library because it is one one of those to me. It's it's it, it, when I think of Super Nintendo, this is one of the games that instantly pops in my head. I'll definitely keep my eye out for it because, the, like I said, this is a game that I've been wanting to play, and it, it's it's gotten high reviews. Yeah, you know, GameSpot gave uh, the Wii version an eight out of ten. Uh, IGN gave it a seven and a half. Screw Attack placed it as the 18th best SNES game. So right. that that's pretty high praise. Yeah, and like I said, if you're going into this thing and you're, you've never played it and you're expecting Mario Kart or something like that, you're not going to get that. But what you're going to get is just a really solid racing game. And that's all it really needs to be. And, it's, yep. you know, that's it's great. I love this game. So, like I said, it's a solid 7 out of 10. I think, you know... Give I I just want to give it a seven. It probably deserves better, but like I said, nostalgia does kind of kind of fudge your, <laughs> you know, your your senses a little bit. And I'm very nostalgic for this game because it, like I said, it's pro it's probably the first game I played for the Super Nintendo. So it, it's up there with you know, like I have fond fond memories of this game. I really that's wish awesome. it would have been a two player game. I think that's another thing that kind of dings it is it's only a single single player experience. That's surprising. I had no idea it was only a single player. Yeah, if this, I think if this was a two player experience, it would have gotten a, a, a you know, a higher grade out of me because this game would really be fun to play with another person. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it just screams two player, but of course like I said, like a lot of Super Nintendo games, even like Final Fight they dumped a lot of these games down to be just a single player experience. And, you know, a lot of these games just needed to be two player because that's the way we wanted them. We had friends we wanted to play with, you know, with all these games. And I just don't know why they did that why, to a lot of these games and made them single player experiences. 
Yeah, that that was a a very interesting choice, but like I said, I, I'll definitely keep my eye out for this game. And you know, you mentioning that it's if you're expecting a Mario Kart, you're not going to get that, but it shouldn't have to be. Like, not every yeah. racing game should be Mario Kart. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't try to be a futuristic Mario Kart. It should be F Zero. It yeah. should be different because a lot of the r- racing games have the same formula. I mean, like oh, you yeah. said. Racing games aren't that complicated, but to add little things to make each of them different and stand out is what makes each racing game great. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, F-Zero has enough differences from Mario Kart that would make it, you know, enjoyable and not just the same thing. Oh, yeah. And like I said, control scheme also says a lot for when you're playing a, a racing game. You have a racing game where the controls are just way too loose and you can't control you know, whatever it is you're driving or, or flying, it's not going to work. But when you have something like this where the controls are really tight and, you know, each car does have it, it's kind of, you know, each car is a little bit different. Once you learn, you know, how to take corners and all that kind of stuff, it's really fun game to play. The, the controls are really nice. Sweet. But you're going to like it when you when you get your Super Nintendo uh mini please let play f-zero and let me know what you think about it because since you've never played it for before, sure i'm really interested to see what you think about it for sure but i think that's gonna do it for this week um you want to give a a little hint of what you might be uh um talking about next week yeah um i'll give a tease it's a it's a platformer for the nintendo 64 it's probably top three to top five in 64 games for me and it involves talking animals and jigsaw puzzles <laughs> i think everybody could pretty much figure it out from that <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it i'll be reviewing banjo kazooie next awesome. week and it, it, i'll say this is one of the reviews i've been looking forward to because this is one of the greatest platformers ever made nice um, I'm not so, sure what I'm going to do uh, after that. I'm thinking after next week, I might go back to the regular Nintendo because I am going to be doing the seventh guest coming up in October. Um, hmm, let me think about it. And um, I'm thinking I might do Strider because I've been really wanting to play that lately. Strider okay. by Capcom, one of my favorite Nintendo games. I hope it holds up because I loved it as a kid, but. As we know, <laughs> most of yeah. the games you loved as a kid don't hold up as well. So we'll see. That's just true. But um, Derek, please stay safe during the storm, my friend. And if you need anything, I'm only an hour and a half to the west. <laughs> so you can, y'all can come chill over here until everything dies down. And will uh, do. I, I think. Uh... Last I checked, I think the storm's supposed to be in this area like tomorrow, or it might be early Tuesday. I can't remember, but I, I'm I'm not too concerned. I mean, I'm I'm cautious, but not extremely concerned. Yeah. But I will I will do my best. Well, let's just hope that if it does hit you guys, that it'll it'll at least be downgraded to at least a tropical storm by then, and it won't yeah. you won't get too bad uh, of a hit from it. Um, but yeah, you guys stay safe and, uh, all my, all my Florida Pensacola peeps, you guys, you guys stay safe. And, uh, my thoughts are with you and, uh, let me know if you guys need anything, if worse comes to worse. Will do. 
But thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight on Twitch. And uh, we talked about it earlier. I think for the time being, our regular schedule for Twitch is going to be 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday night. So if you want to join us to watch us while we record the show, please join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash jfunktastic. And um, we put that link up on our Twitter all the time, the Facebook. So go ahead and subscribe to me on Twitch if you're already on Twitch. That way you'll get a notification when we go live. And uh, thank you, everybody. So let me get our music started here. And let me read our outro stuff, if I can find it. We're on nerdcaveretro.com. We're at, uh, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. Falcon Punch! <laughs> You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.